0: Welcome to the Inspire Church podcast. We hope this message will equip and empower you to reach your God-given potential. Inspire Church is all about loving God, loving people and inspiring our world. Visit inspirechurch.com.au for more information. See, shame is a byproduct of our sin. And what shame does is it makes us feel not good enough, unqualified. We feel low. And many Christians, if we're really honest, many Christians, they have laid their sin at Jesus' feet, but they've held on to the shame that came with it. So, God, I know you forgive me for what I did to my husband, but I don't forgive me for what I did to my husband. God, I know you forgive me for what I looked at, but man, I can't believe the kind of man I'm two-faced because I, I know you forgive me for the abortion, but there's no way I'll ever be able to forgive myself. I know you'll forgive me for that crime I committed, but I don't forgive me for that. And so some of you, you're walking with this thing called shame. That's why most people won't even come to church. I mean, let's think about this for a second. Jesus says, if you're tired, if you're weary, go ahead and give it to me. I'll take it. You got a piano on your back? I'll take it from you. Go ahead, give it to me. Now, why would anyone tell Jesus no? Let's think about this for a minute. You're tired, you're thirsty, you're worn out, and Jesus says, I'll fix it. Why would anyone say no? You got a piano on your back, you are hunched over, you can't move as fast as you're supposed to, you can't fulfill the purpose of your life because you got this heavy thing on your shoulders, and someone walks up to you like, hey, I'll take that off your shoulders, you need some help? Why would you go, no. That's like someone saying, hey, I know you've been walking to work. I have a car for you. Would you like the car? No. (laughs) Think about this. I know you're paying rent, but I have a house I want to give you. All you got to do is come to my house, get the keys. I'll give you the house. No. You see how crazy that sounds? But do you know why people tell Jesus no? It's not because they're not tired. It's not because they're not weary. It's not because they're not thirsty. They're thirsty. They keep drinking all other kinds of wells trying to fill the thirst and it doesn't satisfy. It's not because we're not tired. It's not because we're not heavy burdened. It's not because we're not thirsty. It's because of shame. I feel like a failure. There's no way Jesus will use me now. I can't go to that church. It will burn down when I walk in it because if God knew all the things I've ever done, let me tell you, he knows. (laughs) He saw it with the lights off. He knows you deleted the search browser history, but he knows you can't surprise him or hide it from him. And let me tell you, even though he knows he doesn't go ew, gross. He goes, you know, he says, he says, just come. Because when I got up on the cross, I took all sin, all guilt, all shame, all condemnation. That you're not meant to carry that stuff. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So whatever thing you've done in your life that has brought you shame, his love invites it at the cross. If I get the worship team up here. Number one, his love invites our sin. Number two, he invites our shame. But number three, he invites our sorrow. His love invites our sorrow. You know, there's many of you that life has just hit you and it wasn't that you did anything. It wasn't that you sinned. It wasn't that you did something to bring shame. Sometimes life can just hit you and give you a heavy heart. Lose a family member or a loved one. Sometimes it's hard to imagine Easter, Christmas, holidays. Birthdays come around and your daughter's not there anymore. Daddy's not around anymore. Planning to have a baby and you miscarry. Sorrow sets in. A sudden car accident. Getting let go at a job. A marriage that didn't work. You did everything you could to make it work, but the marriage just didn't work. The other person just didn't want to continue in the relationship. Maybe it's not even a marriage. Maybe it's a dating relationship and you thought you found the one and it just didn't work the way you wanted to work. And so sorrow sets in. Disappointment because you got your hopes up for something and didn't happen the way you hoped it, and sorrow sets in. You get a conversation, the doctor report comes and says he has cancer, and all of a sudden sorrow sets in. You raised your kids in church to be warriors for Jesus, but now they're living a life contrary to what you deposited in them, and sorrow sets in. You see, when Jesus was being crucified, while he's on the cross, he utters out this statement, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And he was also in that moment saying, I invite all sin on the cross. So there's a criminal that was being crucified right next to him. And he says, he don't forget me when you enter into your paradise. And Jesus says, surely I say to you, you will be with me in paradise today. The guy was a criminal. He was guilty of his sin. But Jesus says, I invite your sin on the cross. That's exactly why I died. And then the Bible says that in the book of Acts, when the church was formed, the first inaugural message, Peter preaches this message to the people and he tells them, hey, look, the man you guys crucified was a living savior of the living God. Could you imagine the shame that came with that? I mean, we do something wrong, we feel bad. Could you imagine being a culprit to shouting crucified to God's son? Could you imagine the weight that you've been praying, that prophetic words have happened for hundreds and hundreds of years about the coming of the son of God's sin through the line of David, and all of a sudden he was there and he did good deeds and you had him killed? Imagine the shame you would feel. But when Peter preached that message, they said, What must we do? He says, Turn from your sin. Go ahead. He says, Just come, give me your sin, but also leave your shame. Let's be baptized because the cross invites sin and invites shame. And while he's hanging there, his mom's in the crowd. And Mary's looking at her baby boy hung upon a cross, brutally mutilated. And naked for all to see. His disciples, people he had started changing the world with, are standing beside him. And they're, they're consoling his mom. People who he cast out demons. And Mary and Martha. And the lady who poured out the oil, uh, the alabaster box over Jesus. She's there. And the people who, uh, Lazarus who was resurrected from the dead. He's there. And all these people who put all their hope in Jesus are there watching their hope be killed before their eyes I'm pretty sure his mother started remembering all the moments when she used to rock him as a baby and how they were born in a major and I remember Jesus he was wrapped in swallowing clothing and I remember him I remember him running through the streets I I remember him getting lost and we had to go back to search for him but he was too busy teaching the people in the temple I remember the moments and I, I remember that's my baby sure his dad was thinking about the times where he taught him how to use a hammer and taught him how to use woodworking instruments because he was a carpenter and he built some things with his son and all this stuff is flooding through his mind and the disciples are thinking about the moment when he called him out of the fishing boats into the ministry and how they left everything for this Jesus I've left everything for you Jesus and now you're going to leave what are we going to do my life and I hear about people being blessed, but I'm not blessed. Where are you at? Why is cancer coming to my home? Why did my son have to die early? Why did this thing have to hit our house? How come they had to leave? Why are my kids living like that? And sorrow sets in and that's exactly what the people felt when Jesus was on the cross and when he ushered out his last breath and he dies there, I can only imagine what they felt. When they took him off the cross and started preparing him for his burial, I can only imagine what they felt. God, we left everything for you. God, where are you at? some of you, it's sin that's keeping you from the feet of Jesus some of you, it's shame, that's why you come to church but you can't lift your hands you come to church and you want to thank God but it's just so hard because you feel guilty and then some of you, it's sorrow and so you got questions and you're frustrated and doubt has crept in because there's a hole in your heart that sometimes life just brings to us And so Saturday rolls around and I can only imagine the disciples and his friends and family were probably feeling defeated. God, if you're really God, why is this happening? God, if you're really God, why did this go this way? I don't, I don't see you at work because Jesus, he was our savior and he's dead. I mean, Peter tried to defend Jesus so he wouldn't be dead and is probably feeling guilty for all this stuff that he said, that I don't believe, he denied him, and all this stuff is running through them. I can only imagine, and some of you are right there. You believe in Jesus, but it's Saturday, and he's not there. There's this in-between moment, and sorrow has hit you. I don't understand. I don't understand understand. I thought it would be different. I thought if I gave my life to you that everything was going to work for my good. I thought that if I, where is the promises that the Bible talk about? I thought that you were going to bless me. I've been tithing. I've been honoring you and I don't see anything. And some of you, sorrow has set in. And if you're not careful, sorrow will turn into bitterness. But can I tell you something that the disciples didn't know? That God was working something behind the stone that when jesus was laid in the tomb behind the stone god was working some things out because early on sunday morning three days later they went to the tomb to see him and the stone had been rolled away and our lord and savior wasn't there he had ascended into heaven he took the keys from the devil he defeated death hell in the grave and i'm here to tell you you might be sorrowful today but joy will come in the morning it might not look like anything's happening but But it ain't over. Your God is going before you. He's shielding your way so you can give all your pain under God. You can give it to him. You can give it to him. I know it hurts, but God is at work. He's at work. Go ahead and be seated. He's at work. take your sin he'll take your shame and he'll take your sorrow I guess what I want to say is whether you believe in Jesus or not whether you've surrendered your life to Jesus or not whether you come here as a guest or you're a member of this house that this Jesus let me say it like this there is room for you at the cross he'll take you he'll take you and there's nothing you've done and there's nothing that's happened and there's no situation that is too difficult for our God his blood covers all sin he came for the least likely he chooses you even when you don't choose him. The Bible says that while we were enemies of God, God sent his son at just the right time to reconcile us back to the father. Everything that you've done to disqualify yourself from God is the exact thing that qualifies you for the love of God. Every excuse that you have, well, I'm not good enough. I have doubts. I don't do this. I'm Let me tell you, Every person in this room has doubts. Every person in this room is not qualified. That's what makes the cross so special. That's what makes our God so victorious. That's what makes our God so awesome. That's what makes the love of God so good. Because while we wouldn't do it for someone, God did it for us anyway. There's room for you. There's room for you at the cross. Thank you for listening to this life transforming message. For service times, upcoming events or to find out more about Inspire Church log on to inspirechurch.com.au